0: If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Katie Parker, who I can't believe we haven't had on the podcast before. Uh, Katie is a graduate from 2018 uh, with Newborn Mothers and has a background as a social worker. And ha- you've done a whole range of work um, in, and we'll kind of go into more detail, but I know that the bulk of your work now is doing one-on-one counselling sessions, um, but you've also done more like in-home, typical doula work as well in the past. You're looking to do more retreats in the future. Um, and you've also done some business support for other mothers in business um, as well. So with that very broad range of, of experiences, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Julia. It's so exciting to be here.
0: Yeah, I, and really, like, I can't believe it's taken us this long to to actually finally record a podcast. So I'm thrilled that you're here. Do you want to, let's rewind to the beginning. What, um, you had a background as a social worker, but what made you decide that you wanted to leave that, go into private practice, which is quite a scary thing to start and, and work with mums? What was what was it that made you take that big leap?
1: Mm, gosh, that's such a good question because it's sort of multi-layered. Um, I didn't actually plan to leave the hospital. So I worked as a hospital social worker um, for about 13 years. And it was after the birth of my second child. I mean, I had very challenging postpartum experiences after the birth of both of my children. Um, After the birth of my second child, I was on maternity leave from my you know, senior social work role with one of the big tertiary hospitals in Melbourne and um, with every intention of going back there. I had a year off and then was meant to sort of go back at the end of that year, but then we had an opportunity to travel for a year with my partner's work. And so we took off um, sort of... (laughs) homeless and unemployed. We we moved out of our house, you know, sold a whole lot of our stuff, gave stuff away, put the rest into storage and just really hit the road. And I took, you know, I was approved a second leave, a second year of, of leave. Um, And while we are traveling around that year, I sort of became quite interested in the personal development world. And I started listening to a podcast, Nourishing the Mother, and did one of their courses. And that was all about, uh, you know, you're, you know, living in alignment with your values and, it was it was doing that course that really the first time ever sparked an interest in me and or you know made me realize that perhaps I didn't have to be a hospital social worker for the rest of my life and that there were other things and so you know during this course we you know they got us to talk think a lot about you know what what our values are what what are the things that light us up and you know if you're having a conversation with someone over here and there's a conversation going on over there and And you're like, you know, listening in and interested in the conversation over there, what are they talking about? And, you know, for me, the topics that were coming up were birth and postpartum and pregnancy and motherhood and parenting and all of those sorts of things. So that's what first sort of got me thinking that maybe, you know, I could be doing something else. And then it actually wasn't long after that, that I was just scrolling on Facebook one day and saw an ad for newborn mothers pop up. And I watched your uh, little video that you had there and I had never heard of a postpartum doula before then, but I watched the video and I think you had a, you had a webinar coming up, um, you know, as part of the launch of your next round. And I jumped into that and just, it was, it was almost like an unconscious decision. Like I wasn't, it wasn't like a really conscious decision. I was just like, this is what I want to be doing. Like, this is my life's work. This is, you know, this is my purpose in life. So I, yeah, jumped straight in really without much thought. Um, and we were still traveling that year. And so I um finished, you know, we fin- I finished in graduated in December 2018. By that point, we had just moved to Gippsland. We'd always planned to go back to Melbourne, but um my partner had got a job in, in Gippsland. We during our year of travel, we'd lived in a lot of the smaller towns, more regional areas, and I really loved that lifestyle. Particularly when I had two, you know, two young kids at the time. They sort of turned one and turned three on that on that during that year. And so we'd moved to Gippsland. Uh I needed to, you know, resign from my from my job um in Melbourne because we we'd moved so far away. In the meantime, i sort of secured a job at one of the local hospitals a couple of days a week. But then the opportunity to do your mastermind came up um, you know, at the at the end of that year. And um this is the thing, like I graduated with this, you know, okay, I'm now a postpartum doula, but now what? You know, I didn't have any of the any of the business knowledge or anything like that. So um uh yeah. And you would know the story I jumped on a call with you because I was just really agonizing over oh you know do I do I jump right in and you know this was a big investment of money at the time for me and um you know a big commitment time commitment I think you were saying you needed it around 10 hours a week and this sort of thing or do I you know do the two out two days a week of the hospital social work which is a really secure stable you know like it's the I suppose the should of what you should you know like you should go back to your job after your maternity leave and that you know ticked a lot of boxes in terms of what I felt I should be doing stable income and all the rest but I also had um, I was midway through a master's in palliative care at the time and so I also really wanted to get back and do the research project component of that master's and so I had all these things I'm like I can't do it all like what am I going to do and I um yeah I remember having this conversation with you um just before I was meant to take take this job and you know, I, I had the weekend to think about it. I talked to my partner about it, and we, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to jump. Like, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it properly because I need. I knew I needed the business support, and I knew that if I didn't jump into that mastermind, it could be a very long time before I had a had a business up and running. So, um, that's that sort of yeah, how I how I got into it. It was yeah, right back at the start, it was not a conscious decision. It was just a, it was a it was a calling. It was just yeah, I just knew that's what I where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do.
0: I love that story because you were just following little threads like little opportunities saying yes to kind of things that came up until suddenly it sort of snowballed and you were like oh my gosh am I doing this I'm doing it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then all of a sudden there I was setting up a business in a town
1: of 1800 people Um, you know we moved to this tiny town uh, in Gippsland where I I did not know a single person when I moved there and um, yeah it was it was a pretty big it was a pretty big move, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, Not, not you know. So, not a lot of people who go into postpartum doula work have their community already established, like because they've been pregnant and had babies in you know in that particular wherever they live. And I, I just didn't have that network and those um, connections and that sort of thing. So, it was really starting from scratch and building my own village, my own support network and friendships and that sort of thing, as well as building the business from the you know from scratch.
0: Yeah, what a life-changing time. And, and I think that often happens. You're not the first person to have started studying newborn mothers after taking that year um, or, you know, a long travel with their family. That's some. Um, we've had a few people actually on the podcast with that story. So I think when you do take your time out from your, like, daily drudgery of life, it does really make you look at the bigger picture and, you know, what the longer-term vision is. So that was 2018. That's five years ago and like I just find that so fascinating because a lot of people would look at your website now and just go oh she's got it all together and she knows what she's doing and it looks so easy for her (laughs) (laughs) so it's always really nice to kind of hear about like you know that you found that challenging at first you did that more typical doula work um can you tell me a little bit about what that looks like and how hard it was to kind of get those first few clients and get that momentum in your business?
1: Mm, oh, I'm always so happy to be transparent about this because it really was it really was hard at this at the start. Um, I mean, yeah, gosh. Getting the first, yeah, getting the first doula, doula clients was hard. Again, I had, you know, I just didn't have that network of people. I didn't even have local people who I knew who could share my you know, share my Facebook page that I had at the time, and that sort of thing. So, it, it, yeah, it was really hard. I um, first started with, well, you know, I was advertising for in-home <clears throat> postpartum, postpartum care packages, but I was also running a um, what was it called? Preparing for your postpartum um, workshop for couples to come along to in pregnancy, and I was so you know I was so excited about this workshop, and I you know put a lot of effort into preparing for it, and got the flyers, and put them around town, and you know had the put the information on my Facebook page and that sort of thing, created the events through Tiki Tech or something, I know, Eventbrite, I think it was actually, Eventbrite, sorry. And, um, you know, put it out there and just waited for the people to come and, <laughs> you know, got the big fat zero people turning up to that first workshop. Um But I always, you know, I, I was fortunate to be in your mastermind at the time. So, you know, I was seeing you on a fortnightly basis in those in those calls we had together and I loved, you know, something you said to me that really stuck was, you know, fail fast. <laughs> and so I embodied that pretty well (laughs) so i was like right okay like it was always sort of amusing to me that i had no people sign up so i'm like oh here i am failing failing fast so um and then you know i I advertised another one and i got one couple coming along to that one and then i had another one another month later and got none again so uh it was it was really hard at the start Uh, and then i because that was a that was a paid workshop and then i thought i might you know sort of decided to change tack and then Started offering uh, a free, just a free pregnancy support group um, at a at a cafe in one of the local town, bigger towns, and that was, it was sort of at that point that things started to grow a bit, and I sort of got my name out there a bit more, and um, yeah, people were, were sort of turning up and starting to hear about me a little bit more. So from then, which would have been I don't know later in 2019, I yeah, my you know started started getting my my um my first few doula clients booking in. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, so I saw I saw a couple during 2019, but then the bookings were sort of more coming in for 2020. But then, what happened in 2020? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I well, first of all, what happened was we moved. Well, actually, from our tiny little town, we moved to a larger town. So I now live in Warragul, which is a is a bit bigger than than the little 1800 people town. And I moved there, and not long after we moved there around Christmas time, and not long after there, I found out I was pregnant with our first our third child. Sorry. And so then I was very, very sick. So it sort of not much happened over that, those sort of six weeks of my first trimester. I was just so unwell with morning sickness that sort of business just got shelved for a bit. Um, and then unfortunately I had a miscarriage um, at, at 12 weeks. I found out um, about that. And then that was, that's a whole other story in itself. I had a very, um, quite a profound spiritual experience of this miscarriage being at a women's festival, Seven, seven Sisters Festival, and actually was very well supported and felt very held and very nurtured and was able to, you know, during that whole weekend while I was away, process a lot of my grief and came back from that weekend, you know, sort of quite a changed woman, I think. I, I, yeah, really saw things in a different light and was actually felt very emotionally strong and physically strong. And, you know, the morning sickness had gone by that point and I just felt, I felt like I'd been so nurtured through that process and that I was... And then it was a week later that we went into lockdown here in Victoria. Um, and so I, for me, it was just, I don't know, I just had this this drive to like, okay, I, I, I'm going to make this happen now. I think it have been, you know, my business had been resting for those sort of six weeks being so unwell that I was like, right, we're going into lockdown. I, had, I, was, I was just in the process of launching an in-person, my first in-person Mother's Circle series. So I had to cancel that. And that sort of gave me an opportunity to, you know, shift my focus elsewhere. So I then went on this process of, running a whole lot of different online offerings sort of over the next the next couple of years. But um to answer your original question around the in the in-home support, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really slow to get started. Um, it it you know it it did it did take time. But things like running the free group, for example, and then later in 2021, I actually started a um, because I'd moved to Warragul by that point, I actually started a free pregnancy and new mama group in a cafe, like a free, free group and that was actually at that point where things got really, um, really sort of exploded for me in terms of one-on-one clients, and I st- yeah, just started getting my name out a little bit more, I suppose, around town and that sort of thing, and people were just so, you know, craving that that support at that point as well, you know, well that whole period, you know, coming in and out of lockdowns.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think the, I've said this many times, but I actually think the pandemic has really made people realise the value of care and community. I think um, there's been a really big shift in our culture around that, which has been, you know, a little bit of a silver lining. We have that taken away from you and you suddenly realise you're never going to, you know, take that for granted again. So we found many of our students have come through that um you know actually with a lot more clients and more people realizing that you should invest in care and community so you're definitely not the first person to to have that experience but what I also really noticed about that story is the consistent action that you know like even when it doesn't work and even when you feel like you're a failure and you know you bet you come back again the next month and you do it again and after a, a long time of consistent action, then you start to get the results. But you have to keep doing the consistent action, even when it's not yet working, and that is a really hard thing to to go through.
1: Mm, I think I've just never. I had there was. I knew going into this that I just had to make the choice to believe in myself, and that I had that I had something of value to offer others. And I think without that really strong sense of self belief and which you know can feel really uncomfortable it can feel arrogant you know in our in our culture that's you know women aren't we're not conditioned to think that way about ourselves uh, you know we get we often get told as children you know I don't get too big for your boots and that sort of thing so it was it was really hard but i sort of didn't see any other option i'm like i have to back myself like if i don't believe in myself my clients so how am i going to get my clients to believe me and trust me to to sign up for packages and that sort of thing so yeah it was it was big
0: is this podcast making you wonder if becoming a postpartum professional is right for you download our free guide at newbornmothers.com you'll learn what qualifications and training you need what sort of hours you can work what to wear and most importantly how to actually make a living from postpartum care because it's not feminism if women don't get paid visit newbornmothers.com to learn more yeah, so now you now you've moved into doing more. I guess you're kind of doing more like social work work at the moment with counselling rather than going to people's homes and cooking and that sort of thing. So what made you change do, into doing that?
1: Oh, that was a decision based mainly around time. <laughs> I only had at the the decision the the point where I made the decision just to stop or slow down the of work. I, I did make a decision to stop, although I sort of ended up keeping a couple of clients along the way, but um was really came down to time that I only had at that point in 2021, I only had two days a week um, to work. My daughter was in three-year-old kinder and my son was in prep. And so I the way I'd structured my week was one day I saw counselling clients and one day I did my did a visit for a postpartum client. And the counselling work was just getting so busy by that point that I just didn't have capacity for it all. And I was getting pretty stretched and burnt out. So I, um, and also by that point, when I graduated from newborn mothers in 2018, um, postpartum doulas weren't really a thing um, in Gippsland. Like there was, I think one other that I knew of, but um, yeah, I was, but she was also a birth doula as well. So I think I was sort of the only postpartum doula around just doing postpartum work. Whereas by 2021, there were multiple, (laughs) um, multiple postpartum doulas around and it's just ever growing. There's more and more arriving, you know, all the time now. So it was actually a really nice time, I suppose, to be able to step back from the doula work, knowing that there were other people that I could refer on to um, who who I'd built up, you know, relationships with. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you could trust them to (laughs) care for these new mums and not feel like you're abandoning them. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I also just want to point out that we've jumped very quickly from you saying how hard it was and you couldn't get any clients and, you you know, you were doing so much, putting in so much effort and no one was showing up, to suddenly then saying you were so busy that you didn't have time to even work with all of the people who wanted to hire you. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, when well, you put it like that,
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, um, that's a big shift. So how did that feel to have so many clients you couldn't even say yes to them all?
1: Um, yeah, it was well, it was it was hard because every time I had someone inquire, obviously I wanted to be able to support them. Um, so I probably didn't have, well, you know, if I look back now, I can see that I didn't have great boundaries, and so that I was saying yes all the time. <laughs> and so, yeah, like it was, it was, yeah, it and it got to a point where I yeah, like I was so stressed um, and, you know, my my health was affected and, you know, relationships with my children were affected because I was so, I was working all the time, you know, and that was still little at this point, you know, that would have been, I don't know, four and six, probably. I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, probably four and six that year. <laughs> and, um, you know, they were still so young. I was like, oh gosh, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to miss their childhoods because I'm so busy and you know because I can't say no. But it, it, it is hard working in this area because if there's if there's new mums out there who need your support, you want you know you want to be able to to help them. So um, that's why it was it was great that I formed these relationships with other doula's. Um, you know, one in particular had recently finished your course and she reached out and she wrote me this beautiful email of you know I've just done the course and I don't you know something along the lines of like I don't want to be your competition or you know like something, you know, something along those lines. And I was just like, oh, thank you. I just appreciated that so much because I was already in the back of my mind thinking I can't keep doing this. I can't keep taking on this many clients. And so it was actually the perfect opportunity to then, you know, it wasn't long after I met her, um, she actually did um, one of my business mentoring for mum's courses and uh, it was great, you know, sort of by the end of that I'm like, great, I feel like I have a really good, you know, knowledge of who you are and how you work and, you know, I can send clients your way. So um but yeah it is it is hard in this line of work when you you
0: want it you want to help all the mamas yeah absolutely what I always like to point out then is just how many babies are born because it is like a real fear that like oh there's so many doulas now and you know maybe I won't be able to get clients or I don't want to be in competition with the one person who was already in my town there are 300,000 births a year in Australia mm. and You know, the other number I was looking up recently and I can't remember it off the top of my head was how many registered midwives we have Um, because we should have really the same number of people providing postpartum care as well. So there are currently 450,000 registered nurses and midwives. So that's not just midwives. But but my point is there is so, so long way to go in our industry that, um, you know, the need is so massive and no one should ever feel like, there's not enough clients to go around usually there's a, we're really grateful like anyone who's doing postpartum care is is like really happy to welcome new people into that that industry
1: mm, oh absolutely and you know i remember you're learning this probably through your course as well but, you know like as in the more the more postpartum jewelers out there the better because the more um knowledge is spread around our role and what we can do to support women so i think that's yeah, I think it's it can only be a good thing. And the, the thing that I have always remembered and remind other other people of is that you know you're you're never going to be for everyone. we all we all bring different things to our roles. We all bring our own personalities and temperaments and skill sets. And you know, I I don't you know I'm not a great cook. And although I have cooked in people's homes before, you know, one day I did set myself on fire. So you know, like, I'm probably not the person that's going to come and cook if you. You know. Um whereas I have other you know skills in other areas and so what I will do you know when I've taken on clients I um <clears throat> you know the other doula that we have in well one of the other doulas in our town she she does meal packages so I'll say right let's get her pack her meal packages and I'll I'll do you know I I'd rather come in and do more the emotional support and supporting you know supporting your mental health and um you know other things rather than the cooking for example where there's yeah others who will yeah who have, have just we all have different you know we all have skills in different areas don't we? So Um, and, and just our own personalities and there's going to be I just I so strongly believe there's someone for you know there's there's people for everyone
0: yes and also as you get more experience in business you learn more about what you're good at and what fills your cup and what your boundaries need to be and that kind of thing so as you've gone on this journey you've tried a lot of different things what do you feel like the future holds for you and what what is emerging as as kind of more what you want to focus on
1: Mm. Oh, it's such a it's such a tough question. It's honestly something I battle with all the time because I've always been someone that's had all the ideas and have wanted, you know, just have wanted to do yeah all the things really. So this you know this year in particular for me has been a year of trying to strip back a little bit and not. I mean, particularly the years of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one for me, I was launching the most ridiculous number of um, group programs while also having the one-on-one one client. So I, I I look back and I just don't even know how I was doing it. I mean, most of the programs I was running it was it was evenings. Um I was running online calls in evenings and that sort of thing. Um so now, you know, looking forward, I've I've realized I don't really like working evenings. Uh, I don't I don't mind working the occasional weekend, but it's not something I you know, because that's how I was fitting in all these clients was that I was doing visits on weekends or you know seeing counselling clients on via Zoom on weekends and that sort of thing. So I'm like, no, actually, that's that's not something I'm I'm really willing to do that much more anymore. And also like the long the, the the programs that perhaps you know they're they're not you know they're sort of low cost program. You know, I'm getting small, reasonably small numbers in, but it takes a lot of effort to launch each one. Um, in terms of the, you know, preparing the content, you know, getting, paying my VA to, to do the back end and all that sort of things that are things that way. Um, the market, you know, with social media marketing, sending emails, you know, it's. I find that I'm spending so much time and, and my energy on these sort of small group things that really aren't, you know, and I love running them. This, is, this has always been my delight because I absolutely love everything I do. So it's been very hard to pick what goes, you know. So, um, but... Yeah, it's just got to a point where I've 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 been in what we call brownout, you know, which is the point before you hit burnout, really. You know, I've been at this point so many times over the last four, four or five years. Um, you know, and I keep sort of just keep pulling myself back each time. And, and then you know, and it the spiral, builds. You know, this, the cycle yeah. continues again. And I keep bringing myself back. So I think this year um I have been much more intentional about um like I'm literally going into a hibernation period now. <laughs> I've just I've just started a um, my final round of my mums in business mentoring program. I've just made the call that I'm not going to run that anymore, and my and shift instead my focus to running retreats. So which is you know like a a one weekend you know it's two nights. I've got the first one coming up in August in Gippsland, and that's I think that's going to be more my more my my focus because it still meets my you know my value of community connection and bringing mums together and. Um, you know, that that sort of thing. Like I really am so passionate about that, but it's not committing huge amounts of my time, over. you know, over, and it's not having lo- like it's more like one big thing <laughs> that will promote one big. I mean, I suppose similar for you with your New Mothers Collective, you know, like, sorry, it's changed the name now, but, um, <clears throat> you know, like where you have like the one, the one launch or the one big offering rather than multiple, like constantly, like I was just doing launch after launch after launch after launch and it was just absolutely exhausting me and I was just so stressed and overwhelmed trying to do all those things. So, yeah, that, I think that's that's the way forward for me at the moment. So I'll still keep my one-on-one, um, my one-on-ones going. And I'm, I'm I'm looking at actually maybe going back to the doula work because um, I have realised that, you know, something about myself is I do struggle when I've got lots and lots of things on the go. And so the more one-on-one clients I have, the more stretched, you know, I feel between all of them. Whereas if I had just the one, you know, had one doula client and focused on them, uh, I feel like that. Is probably the way you know, and I really, I really love my doula work. So um, I'm thinking of, yeah, perhaps returning to that one, you know, one day a week or something like that, um, with the one-on-one counseling stuff and as you know, and the retreats as well. And still, the other thing I'll, I'll still keep up is my free, my free group. I run a free pregnancy and new mama meetup um, in Warrigal once a month, and that's that's something you know that's, that's pretty easy to run. I I just I just turn up and hold space for women, and it's more creating that opportunity for them to, you know, start building their village. Um, And for people who may not be able to, um, you know, perhaps who can't afford to work with me one-on-one, it gives them an opportunity to ask some questions and get some information.
0: Yeah, I love that. That is actually really similar to the journey sort of I've gone on, on my business too and everyone has different things that, you know, will work for them but... But similarly, we've decided to focus on one thing. So I used to teach the collective and then we created a breastfeeding course. And my original plan was to then have also a sleep course and a mental health course that then people could pick and choose. One, I was burning myself out from launching all the time and people were getting confused about which course was which. And when we were running Facebook ads, the consultant would use the wrong copy. I was like, no, that's not the course we're running at the moment, you know, and it was just like doing my head in. But the other reason was I realised I actually want all of my students to have all of these skills. I don't think it should be optional that someone who does postpartum work can choose to learn about mental health or not or choose to learn about breastfeeding or not, I actually, or choose to learn about sleep or not. I think those are really critical key elements of postpartum care that I think everyone should know. So now it's all one course, which is um now the postpartum education and care professional training and it's much longer and it's much more expensive and that's a little bit scary as a business owner to make that leap but um i resisted it for a long time and you know finally kind of just had the courage to go i've got to do this this is this is mm. the way forward you know yeah
1: yeah yeah and i feel i feel the same and the the package that i'm planning on offering will be more expensive than other packages um but I, I also, you know, believe there's clients for every sort of market as well. Um, but if I, you know, I've just realised that if, if I'm going to offer care to a family in their postpartum, I don't want to just do six weeks and be out of there. Um, I want to provide more ongoing support. And so perhaps, you know, thinking about, you know, monthly, monthly visits after the first six weeks or something like that. But, I, yeah, I'm bringing in other, um, other services as well. You know, whether it's meals or massage, or you we know, are women's health physio or um, baby wearing consultant, you know those sorts of those sorts of things as well to make sure that it is a you know holistic, comprehensive package of care.
0: Yeah, um, no, I love amazing. that, and yes, and that's a really good point because you don't have to be an expert in all of those areas, but but providing that deep and broad and longer term support, it's much more satisfying. Um, as a professional it's more rewarding but also i do think people get better results a lot of people want to just have three sessions and fix their lives but you know it's we know yes. that's how it works
1: mm. yeah i know my own experience from therapy <laughs> you yeah, know like it's, it's i've had in, intense <laughs> so if people book a session thinking things are all going to be fixed at that time i'm like oh i'm sorry like I'll help you where I can, but this is this is going to take longer than one session.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it's frustrating because yeah. that's people don't want to make that investment. Or they or they wish that it was quick. No one wants it to be a long time, but <laughs> no, no.
1: And we live in the you know the McDonald's culture where everything's fast and you get results quickly. That's exactly.
0: To... Can I just it doesn't it work like that. now just take it off me? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but then it's unethical really to think to make people think that that's how it will definitely be, you know. Um, I think we'll wrap up there. That's been a really, really interesting to hear about that journey. Um, do you want to let people know a little bit about, so you're at katieparker.com.au, we'll pop the links up. Do you want to let people know a little bit more about how they can learn about what you do?
1: Yeah, sure. So I probably share most of, over on Instagram. Um, my handle's at katieparkerparenting. Um I also have a Facebook page which is Katie Parker Dash pregnancy postnatal and parenting support because I have yeah that's something else um, that I haven't really spoken about that I've moved more into providing parenting support um because initially it was very much more yeah, pregnancy and post um, postpartum care but have moved more into 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 the parenting support side of things you know as babies turn into toddlers and and beyond. Um, so yeah, I've I've sort of had a bit of a shift um, towards that, but yeah, and as much as I love that as well, I, I sort of do feel this coming home to the the postpartum care. So anyway, so that's yeah, that's where um, where you can find me and my website, and I have a mailing list, and I try and do monthly emails, but yeah, <laughs> most of the time I I get there, not always. That's
0: great. It's so, so lovely to catch up with you again. And, um, yeah, people can go and check you out. We'll put all the links in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing so generously. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high-quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.